0: I'm so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show where it's about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. And you can follow me at Facebook.com slash Clark Howard. Coming up in a few minutes, I have a special Clark-rageous moment warning for you about a problem that has skyrocketed in the last three years where people are getting harmed, ripped off, or wiped out in a newfangled form of pseudo-investment. And later yet, because of the severe labor shortage in service businesses, I need to bring you up to date how you can try to jump the line or miss the line entirely when you're dealing with any kind of service business. I want to talk right now about Warren Buffett, who has been quoted so much recently, because each year about this time he does his big pep rally with, is it 12,000 people come to hear him speak forever, for hours? He takes every question from everybody, hours on end. In Omaha, people do this pilgrimage to Omaha to listen to him speak, and one of the points that he's been making that he made at his annual shareholder meeting is about why you should not buy gold as an investment. And the numbers that he shared are so clear, so specific, and he gave an example if somebody just bought stock in the 500 largest companies, which is known as an S&P 500 index fund, and held it, how much more money over time you end up with versus putting money into gold. And it's not like gold over time might not increase in value. It's the difference between holding something that is like an insurance policy against bad times or all-out war or whatever, or plagues, or uh, locusts, or whatever biblical thing you could think of that would be a disaster for humanity. A meteor hits the earth, I don't know. Whatever it is, that gold doesn't create value, it doesn't make things, it doesn't invent things, it doesn't do any of those things. And that's something you've heard me say in various forms and fashions and I was not actually just quoting Warren Buffett I was I was doing stream of consciousness out of my own head so now let me jump in to what he had to say where he took what happened what would happen if you put money into an S&P 500 fund and you put 10 grand in it and just let it sit for a number of years, it would be worth, through ups and downs, over the decades, ten thousand would grow to be fifty-one million. Now, what if ten thousand went into gold the same day? It would be worth four hundred thousand. Now, ten thousand becoming four hundred thousand—that's nothing to sneeze at, right? Over many, many decades, but ten thousand becoming fifty-one million. That's serious money because the difference is when you own one of these index funds, I'm always going on and on about index funds. When you own one, and my preference is not the one he was referring to, my preference is the total stock market index where you own little pieces of small, medium, and large companies that trade on stock exchanges all in one fund, is that you're riding with the creativity, the guts, the inventions, the ideas of people who are risking everything in order to provide a product or service that people want. And over time, the products and services get better and better and cheaper and cheaper, and you and I get more and more benefit. You know, there used to be something that Disney had, and before that it was the 1964 World's Fair And I saw it at the 1964 World's Fair because I'm an old guy. I saw it in in, uh, Queens, New York, right by where Shea Stadium is now. And they had something called the GE Carousel Progress. And it was showing the changes in people's lives in different generations, but all from the modern era. And if you think about now, Versus 1964, our lives have changed in more ways than you can count. The, the things that are available to us, the conveniences, the lifespans. We live so much longer than people did in the 1960s. We have all these options that we didn't have in the 1960s. And so that's why just being... Invested in real stuff, real companies, and widely diversified builds enormous wealth over the decades. And that's why being for money you're going to need far down the road, being a saver or being a hoarder of gold or silver or whatever, won't cut it if the idea is to create wealth or financial security or create a secure retirement. You have to invest. And investing means in stocks, to a lesser extent in bonds. You have to be willing to put your money in things that in the short term can go down, but in the long term, you ride the wave of free enterprise. Billy is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Billy. Hello, Clark. So, Billy, you are dealing with a task that is very, very difficult to figure out how to do and make sure you take care of a loved one fill me in on your story if you could
3: yes uh, my mother-in-law is uh 88 years old and she's uh living in the home that she's been living in for uh, maybe 30 years and her husband passed away uh, a couple years ago and we think it would be time now that she could uh, uh is interested in moving to an assisted or independent facility really because she can take care of herself but uh, we've uh, found, we've looked at a several and uh, asked a lot of questions, and we think we've got it uh, figured out, but I thought maybe I'd give Clark a, a call and see
0: what he could tell me. All right. Well, so what are the kind of things you found that seem right for your mom?
3: Uh, the, the independent living, I think, is what we like because uh, – she can still get around and pretty much take care of herself and she has a it's kind of like an apartment and but yet there's uh, other folks she can talk to because she's really outgoing and uh, i think it would be good for her other than just living where she's at now because she don't see as many people doesn't interact uh with many uh unless somebody comes over and i think it would be good for her
0: all right well i got some questions for you about that if i could ask you billy does yeah. she have to buy in to an association or buy an actual unit to live in this independent living facility? No, uh, it's just a um, basically a month-to-month uh, uh, arrangement. Um, and I prefer that. I prefer that to the ones that you have to buy in. I don't know if any of the properties you looked at with your mom required that you do a buy-in, but I, I, I don't... I don't like those because they create an inflexibility that I'm not comfortable with. And then at the time your mom may need more care, it could be at a time that's not a good time to sell. So if she's a month-to-month renter, you have the downside that they could raise rents while she's there, but you have the upside that she's basically a free agent. Next question for you, if I could ask, Billy, Uh are you offered in with this operator that at the point that your mom may need more care do they have on their campus where she can either have additional assisted living and stay in place in the unit she would rent or a separate wing of it where she could move into uh, assisted living facility
3: uh, at this particular one, they do have additional assistance that you can uh, acquire and pay for uh, in the future, and it's—I'm uh, not sure if it's um, totally assisted in another type of uh, section of it. At this particular
0: one, All right? Those are those are questions I'd like you to get answers to because at 88. Your mom's in great shape, great health, is still in a position to live independently, which is quite fantastic, right? Right. But, yeah. you know, you never know when that might turn some. Yeah. And you got to think about the next step. My mom was in an independent living facility that, and then needed more care, and they didn't have it there, and it forced us at a time when she was more vulnerable to move her, and that's why I like it if it's a campus kind of environment that it can they can deal with the different phases of care she might need. Okay. Okay. Um, there's also something I'd like you to consider. There's a professional category called geriatric care manager, mm-hmm. and that's somebody you pay for hourly advice who's an expert at... Uh, how you properly care for an aging person, a geriatric care manager would come interview your mom, uh, look at medical records, have a real sense of what level of care she needs and how fragile she might be, and come up with a plan for you. But the best part about geriatric care managers is they know all the facilities in your area, someone who's, you okay. know, who's in the region. They know all yeah. the facilities, and they know which ones are best to, for your mom to look at.
3: How do I find this?
0: I have a guide to finding a geriatric care manager on Clark.com.
3: Okay. Okay.
0: And it Great. was updated last summer. The information is still current enough. And I would look at that and consider opening up the wallet just enough to get that kind of advice. I have an ultra-important Clark Rage for you. This is the fastest-growing way people in America are being separated from their money. And it is a way that you, as someone who has saved, saved, saved for your future, have that money disappear like sand going through your fingers. And it's today's Clark Rageous moment rip-offs,
4: outrages, it's a Clark-rageous moment.
0: I have been hearing more and more reports about something I'm going to share with you that I read a long-form article in the Wall Street Journal about how it's blowing up on people. There's a huge push right now affecting people who own their own businesses People near retirement or people in retirement who have managed to accumulate meaningful amount of money, meaningful amounts of money in brokerage accounts or in retirement accounts, you have a target on you that scammers are exploiting you big time. The hot, hot, hot ripoff now in America are what is known as private placements. Private placements are supposed investments that are being hawked to people by stockbrokers and investment people and insurance people who maybe either don't know that they're ripping you off or don't care that they are ripping you off. Often, these private placements are being sold by absolute criminals. The organizations that you're investing money in, and I use the word investing lightly, are often just Ponzi schemes or scams. In fact, according to the investigation investigation report by the Wall Street Journal, brokers that sell these private placements are six times more likely than the average for stockbrokers to have complaints filed against them just ordinarily for things they've done to people who've invested with them. Now think about that. Six times more likely to be somebody who is not honest. And you need to know people are putting huge money in three quarters of a trillion dollars last year alone. This is huge. When you put your money in a private placement, none of the normal rules apply about investing, disclosures or anything like that. And people can tell you anything, sell you anything, and before you know it, they have emptied your wallet. Now, it doesn't mean every private placement out there is dirty, crooked, rotten, and a Ponzi scheme. But I believe that for most of us, Simple works best. When somebody puts you into an investment that you don't know exactly what it is, how it's going to work, and all that happens is you're promised enormous returns like one of the ones that cost people enormous money is one that was running around the country on an uh, advertisements call now to receive 8% on the greatest short-term safe investment available. And what happened to people who chased that 8%? They ended up getting either partially or completely wiped out. Anybody who promises you that you have great stuff available to you at no risk, you know it has giant risk, giant red flags, and the odds are your money is going to disappear, if you cannot understand the concept of an investment, within 30 seconds you know it's more complicated than you likely should get involved in. Remember, private placement is something that you should run from because it's too hot to handle. I'm so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where you learn ways to keep more of what you make. You can follow me at Facebook.com slash Clark Howard. I hate lines. I hate lines. Have I ever told you I hate lines? And I will not go stand in a long line. Have you ever noticed when there's multiple lines to get in somewhere? Somehow it seems people go to the longest line of those. If I'm in a store with multiple checkouts, one thing I'll tell you if you go in a Walmart Supercenter, you go into a Costco or a Sam's Club or whatever, the longest lines, every place I just mentioned is a store with concrete floors. That's like my entire frame of reference. A store that sells general merchandise and perishable foods, the longest lines tend to be on the side of the registers. I'm giving away a secret. The side of the registers that are closest to the perishable food, and the shortest lines tend to be on the side farthest away from the perishable food. And I guess a lot of people know that. I don't know if they do or not. But anyway, I, I am not a line breaker, I am a line avoider every way I can, and I've noticed that on my cell phone, I am going through app proliferation, because at more and more places, you step out of line if you use the app for whatever you're doing. Uh, Gosh, a long time ago, I told you about the Sam's Club app, where you scan your own items, And then you just walk straight to the door. You don't even go to a register. When I go to Chick-fil-A, I order on the app. Not only do I get free food that you get for being a regular using the Chick-fil-A app, but you don't get in a line. Last week, I went during lunchtime, and, you know, the lines at Chick-fil-A can be all the way out the door. And I walked all the way around the line, and there's a thing, is a pylon, they have um, mobile orders. And I go over there, and they're right there. You go to Panera Bread, and you go to an honor section where if you've ordered on the Panera Bread app, you just come in, and they have a ticket that has your name on it with your food stapled, well, the ticket stapled to the bag that your food is in. And this is so much a part of, where things are going to continue to go because of labor shortages that are severe in service businesses and convenience that you and I are expecting and think about for a business if you throw up long lines for people or long delays you may get the person's business that day But the next time they're thinking of whether they're going to come to you, maybe they're not because what they're going to remember is they were late getting back to work or how much time they wasted standing in some dumb line. And so your phone has the ability with an iPhone or Android so many different ways to allow you the ability to step right out of line And you should take advantage of it at places you can. Jeff joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Jeff. How you doing? Hey, Clark. I'm great. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you. So, Jeff, you got a question for me about making sure that you're safe behind the wheel of the car when you're driving and talking on your phone. Yeah,
3: I do. My state is going uh, hands-free in a couple of months, and uh, my car's paid off. It's just an older model and uh, great shape, low mileage, but it does not have Bluetooth. And I was wondering if you knew what device would be the best To get, I opened up and there's all kinds of devices to get from $15.99 up to $300.
0: Yeah, and I would start with one that's under 50 bucks and potentially under 25 bucks, but probably more under 50. You got two ways you can go with this. I'm going to hit you first with the simplest solution that is going to require the least amount of effort on your part. And these things I'm about to describe used to be extremely expensive, but now are very cheap, as any newer vehicle is already going to have Bluetooth capability in it, so the market's not as wide for these devices. They are devices that go on your visor. They have a decent quality speaker in them and a decent quality microphone, typically. And it's a standalone device. That doesn't involve your car's electronics at all. Okay. And you just Bluetooth your phone to one of these visor devices, and you instantly have in your car the hands free for making and receiving calls and talking. And for one that's uh, like 30 or 40 bucks now, they'll have the ability to gather your phone directory, you know, all the people you call in it and you will be able with I'd say moderate success, not perfect success, to be able to say call Clark and it'll just say calling Clark now or whatever because it will it will hear your voice, it'll be able to decode what name it was you were trying to call and it'll dial it for you. Now, the cheaper and more expensive systems, because it's funny, they're like at the barbell of that, are the ones that integrate into your car, and the sound will come out of your car speaker, potentially. And so those are an alternative, but I like the much simpler ones that don't involve the car's electronics at all. Because the fail rate on them from use to use is much, much higher with the ones that integrate in the car's electronics than the ones that just are their own thing with their own speaker, their own microphone, and just sit there unobtrusively on your visor. Keish joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Keish. Good afternoon. So you want to talk about your son. What's going on with him? Well, actually, it's my daughter. Uh, oh, your she's daughter. A junior
2: in, high, yeah, she's a junior in high school, and we're starting the process for looking for colleges. Uh, and you know, that's a daunting task on its own. But uh, we met with a few college advisors, and I want to get your opinion on you know using college advisors. You know, their fees range from a thousand dollars to ten thousand uh, dollars. Is it really worth the fee uh, for a college advisor?
0: They are. They're. Uh, People have really diametrically opposed opinions about using the professional college advisors. And I think that the reason the opinions are so across the board is it depends on what it is you're targeting for your daughter. And is your daughter someone who is going to attempt to get into one of the nation's 50 elite universities?
2: uh, Definitely not. It's going to be something uh, that's uh, in-state. I mean, right now, she really doesn't know what she wants to do or where she wants to go. So we're just kind of doing a broad search right now.
0: Because when you move out of the top 50, it really doesn't seem like it's a necessary thing to spend big money on college guidance. And if your daughter has any special situation like maybe um, uh, needing extra academic assistance or something like that then there would be a need outside the elite 50 colleges to try to get uh, significant guidance from a college counselor. Is she doing fine in school and no special issues for her academically? Correct, yes. So... uh, I'm reluctant to encourage you to spend any big amount of money on getting college guidance to pay, you know, a guidance professional for her. Is your daughter still pretty much a clean slate on what she wants to study?
2: Uh, Absolutely, yes. Right right now she's kind of, you know, possibly looking into the arts, uh, definitely not the sciences or technology, uh, but uh, she's kind of, you know, really... uh, undecided
0: so if she's staying in state it's pretty easy to go immerse at a college and if she knows people who are already attending one of the state schools she's considering going to going and visiting with them is a good idea and depending on her maturity and how uh, how much you trust people who she might know that are at a school You could consider having her stay overnight on a weekend and really having a sense of campus life. If that's not comfortable for you, I still see value in your daughter going and visiting, going to classes at a school, uh, seeing what it's like as a freshman somewhere, spending the day on a Saturday or Sunday having a sense of campus life. Because it's a practical matter, if she's staying in-state at a state school, how many schools are going to be on her plate anyway to consider?
2: I don't know. I'm, I'm probably talking maybe 10
0: to 20 schools. Wow, that's a lot of in-state institutions. Yeah. I mean, you know, just going to visit a number of them might eliminate quite a few of those. I bet she'll pretty quickly narrow down to somewhere, if she's going in-state, maybe three, four of the state schools, that she could really do serious in-depth visits to great well uh, thank you so much i appreciate that sure and you know part of what is going to come down to as well is her sat act scores and her gpa at her school which of the state schools are likely to be a good fit for her so you'll be able to narrow it down luke is with us on the clark howard show hello luke
4: Hey, Clark, how are you doing today?
0: Doing great, thank you. Luke? Yeah, just wanted to ask about a,
4: a service that I found, um, and it just seems like it's too good to be true. Um, it's a subscription service for oil changes. Um, they offer a, a you know kind of a small price, build per month. Um, looks like you get up to $250 in, in oil changes, entire rotations, with the subscription service.
0: So you pay um, like 80 a $100 a year. And how about the participating shops that you can use? Are you allowed to go anywhere or do you have to go to specific shops?
4: It looks like you're allowed to go anywhere, but they do have like, you know, some certain brand names listed um, as shops that you could um, sample from. But it, it actually goes on to say that you're allowed to use it anywhere.
0: So the risk you have is that places might not honor it, and the other thing is that you've got to be able, with most modern cars, it needs to be where you need synthetic oil to make it pay for itself. Do you That's know, does correct. your car need synthetics? Is it called for in the owner's manual?
4: It's not in the owner's manual, but I, I kind of do a um, one of the high mileage um Change. I actually car I've kept for a while.
0: So, Read the uh, terms and conditions, because if it's at your choice that you can use synthetics, that would save you some money. On the other hand, if you're not allowed to use beyond what the owner's manual calls for, and it's just regular old motor oil, that would not be well-spent money on your part. Good point. And be careful with whatever uh, agreement you're agreeing to, what the terms are for you to be able to cancel if you wish. You don't want to be in a position where you're in a perpetual subscription for this service and you end up wanting to can it and you can't or that you paid money in and it turns out shops don't honor it or the business goes bust and you paid in that money. So hear me pretty loud and clear, Luke, I'm not giving this a green light. I'd give it a yellow caution light.
4: Yeah, and I agree with with your points there, because it does look like once you sign up, you have 30 days to cancel, but then you're kind of locked in for the 12 months.
0: Yeah, so I'm not sure that's something that I would jump all over.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.
0: It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question for me at clark.com. And producer Joel asks it for you. Joel, what's up? Clark, Gregory's got a question. He says, my son has back taxes to pay. I was looking into tax relief programs. Can you get the amount of tax owed reduced potentially? Be very careful with these things that are heavily promoted on the internet, occasionally on radio and TV. They promise you that they are insiders with great inside knowledge and experience and they're going to be able to negotiate a massive reduction in your unpaid tax to the IRS or a state taxing authority and you pay them a fee of some kind and there's no if you look at the agreements there's no actual backing up of the promises and the reality is is if you have a significant debt owed to the irs or a state taxing authority the only right way to handle it is you hire either a cpa a certified public accountant who does tax work or an enrolled agent who is someone who is enrolled with the irs to do to represent people before the irs or if it's a significant amount of debt that is pretty complicated You want to hire a tax attorney. And with any of these three options, the real options, you're going to be paying potentially a retainer and an hourly rate for them to represent you. And that's the right way to handle it. Any of these people who promise they're going to be magicians and heroes, ignore them. All right, Clark, Steve wrote in. He says, you had a woman on recently who was having problems dealing with what to do with the timeshare that she'd owned for 30 years. You indicated that these were very difficult to dispose of. And then after I heard that call, following that, there was an ad for a company that insisted they can get folks untangled from their timeshares. Why don't you refer listeners to these companies if they're good enough to be advertisers on your show? That is a very fair question. Uh, first things first, I don't know who advertises on our show. Most of the ads you hear on our show are not from us. They are from a local advertiser, uh, you know, a local radio station. And we just don't know who's advertising. As far as hiring a company, you hear on an ad that says they're going to get you out of a timeshare. Gosh, this sounds so much like we're going back to the prior question about getting out of tax debt, you know, Who knows with any of these companies that say they can get you out of a timeshare, and if you're paying money up front for their promise that they're going to get you extricated from your timeshare, there is great, great risk that you will have paid money for no result. What I have recommended in the past with a timeshare is the timeshare users group that you go there and look at what other people with weeks at your place have been able to do to sell a timeshare or even people who might want to buy yours within the timeshare users group that you reach at the following website, Tug, T-U-G, the number 2, just the number, not T-W-O, .net, Tug2.net. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show.